0: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine reed founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. ES Audio From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. 900 years ago, St Bartholomew's Hospital... London was
2: born it's a lot to celebrate and it's amazing 900
0: years is more than a milestone some of the patients will come in and they'll go oh this I haven't been here in 15 odd years it's changed a bit and if I sort of extrapolate that over 900 years I can only imagine how many changes people have gone through each generation
1: On the 25th of March, 1123, a former courtier of Henry I, a man called Ray here, founded St. Bartholomew's Hospital. At that time, London was a very different place. There was no Big Ben, no Buckingham Palace, and things like the Shard or even the Tube would have been unfathomable. But despite the nature of our ever modernising world, Barts has remained a fixture of the capital for nine centuries, enduring some of the toughest moments in British history, from the Great Fire of London to World War II, and more recently, the COVID 19 pandemic. Through it all, Barts has been there, providing continuous patient care on the same site for longer than any other hospital in England. Here to take us back through some of the most significant moments of its history is Kate Jarman, the trust archivist for Barts Health NHS Trust.
2: So the hospital was founded in 1123 by a man named Ray here. We we know a few things about him. We know that he was in holy orders. He was listed as a canon of St Paul's Cathedral in 1115, and he was part of the court of Henry I. So in about 1120, he went on a pilgrimage to Rome and he got very ill there, probably with malaria. While he was ill, he made this vow that if he recovered, if he returned home, he was going to, in thanks for his his recovery, he would found a priory and hospital for the sick poor of London. On his way home, he had a vision of St. Bartholomew, who said, found the hospital in my name. And when he got back to London, he got permission to do this from the king. And he founded this new hospital uh, and the priory, which is is now the Church of Great St. Bartholomew. At Smithfield, so it was a it was a religious institution, and it was run for the first twenty years or so by Ray himself. At the time the hospital was founded, the king was Henry the First, so Henry was was one of the Norman kings. So we've been been speaking Norman French still. The the hospital we know. It's the oldest that's provided continuous care on the same site and is still, still in the operation. There was a bit of a rivalry with St Thomas's, which may have been founded a little earlier, but they, they don't have that documented, and they have moved. So it's, but we know, has been in the same place doing the same thing for that whole 900 years. It's really hard to kind of imagine 900 years. I mean, but uh, when it was founded was located outside the walls of the city it was in a a marshy area called smoothfield which is obviously now smithfield and it was uh, in the suburbs of london that's outside the walls of the city because at at the point we're talking about london the whole of london was basically the the area that we now know as the city so the kind of the square mile from the tower of london to blackfriars and up to Moorfield. and bart's was just outside that in this kind of marshy, undeveloped area where criminals were hanged and livestock was, was sold. Um, so the hospital kind of predates even things like the Lord Mayor of London with some of the, the really kind of old city institutions that we, we, we think of. Its importance has, has kind of increased over time as it's developed. When it was founded, it was one of lots of, of, kind of religious foundations that called themselves hospitals, probably maybe a thousand across England and Wales. This is a really religious society, so there's lots of these kind of religious houses, and uh, they obviously weren't modern hospitals, so the word hospital denoted a place that provided hospitality, so kind of rest and recuperation, spiritual welfare. Bart's did uh, care for foundling children. It cared for babies from Newgate Prison, Unlike a lot of places which did call themselves hospitals, we we know even at the start it did provide some medical care. So the book of the foundation describes some early kind of cures, and there's a 14th century compilation of medical texts by a clerk at the hospital called John Murfield, which suggests that, that some of those treatments might have been used here at the time. But it didn't admit people with contagious diseases, uh, and it was very much more of a kind of almshouse in in that medieval period. But over time, particularly under there was a, a medieval master of the hospital, John Wakering, who grew its financial strength and, and status within the city, and it became increasingly important to the city of London and the people of London. So by the time Henry VIII dissolved the monasteries and confiscated all this property from from religious institutions. It was a really valuable asset to the city, so it lost its income under the the dissolution. But the citizens of London realised what an important institution it was by then, and there was multiple petitions to the king. So it was amongst the first of these old religious hospitals to be granted a new charter, which... It founded it as a hospital for the sick poor, which was in 1546, with this role to provide care for people who couldn't afford to pay for it. So you can kind of see it as one of the first modern hospitals in in the UK providing this kind of early form of social healthcare in the centuries before the NHS.
1: to the ads. Stay there to hear more from Kate Jarman on how St. Bartholomew's hospital endured some of the biggest moments in history.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Wherever you get your podcasts, thanks for listening.
2: I've obviously mentioned a bit about the, the threat to the hospital's future during the dissolution of the monasteries. So there was this kind of period of about six years then when the hospital didn't have any real income and it fell into disrepair. But with its new charter given by Henry VIII, it became kind of re-established as this important city institution It earned a lot of its money from property that it owned and rented out across the city. I I mean, a a kind of big threat to the hospital was was in 1666 with the Great Fire of London. The, The hospital itself actually did narrowly escape the fire, which officially ended at Pye Corner, which is just opposite the west side of the hospital site. But it lost a lot of this property where it got its income from. In the months after the fire, it had to close wards and lay off staff due to this lost income. It also provided space for some of the, the tenants that, that had lost property, who set up shops in, in, in the hospital cloisters as, as kind of temporary accommodation. There's obviously been kind of other, other later threats. So in, in uh, the Second World War, being so, so central in London, the hospital was, was very much under threat during the Blitz. A lot of the hospital services were actually evacuated outside of London to a hospital called Hill End in St Albans. But there there was still casualty work and and other activity at the hospital. And there were, in fact, a few direct bomb hits on the site. Although, thankfully much, of the kind of historic fabric of the hospital did survive the blitz. And then, uh, of course, in in the 1990s, a lot of uh, listeners might remember the Save Barts campaign. There was a uh, government report in the early 90s the Tomlinson report which kind of looked at hospital provision in London and there was a proposal that you know there was there were too many hospitals in central London and that services at Barts should should close but there was a, a huge public campaign a big big petition with over a million signatures again kind of you know just just like under Henry VIII London is showing that, that what the hospital meant to them yeah, as as you can tell, it's it's survived and, and gone on to become a kind of specialist centre of, of cancer care and uh, heart heart care. Someone we, we uh, hear a lot about is is William Harvey, who was physician here in the seventeenth uh, century, who was the first person to describe the circulation of the blood, which kind of went against a lot of earlier ideas. You've later got people like Percival Pott, who was a surgeon here in the late 18th and early 19th century, who again described kind of conditions which hadn't been described before. Was one of the first people to identify an industrial disease, so kind of illness linked to occupation. There's John Abernethy, who uh, is known as the person who founded the medical school, although there's been kind of teaching here for centuries. And um, in terms of nurses, I think the kind of two of the, the most interesting are. Ethel Gordon Fenwick and Isla Stewart who were matrons here uh, one after the other at the end of the 19th and early 20th century and they were both very important figures in the the kind of campaign for the professionalization of nursing. Before them nursing had kind of very much been known as this kind of fairly menial uh occupation but they they campaigned for the registration Professional registration of, of nursing, which eventually happened in the early 20th century, and uh, Ethel Gordon Fenwick actually became the first nurse on the on the professional nursing register. What's really interesting, though, is we know a lot less about the patients who were here. They were people with kind of less less social standing, and although we've got you know lots of patient records in the hospital archives, we know less about these people's lives outside of the kind of the, the time that they spent at the hospital, and that's. Something we, we always try and, and do when we can is, is kind of try and add more, more context to the lives of the you know, millions of people who've passed through the hospital uh, when, when we can do research.
0: It's clear that coronavirus, COVID-19 continues and will continue to spread across the world and our country, but it's now a global pandemic.
2: I think the pandemic's been an example of the, the power of hospitals working together, I mean, it, you know, despite the, the, the challenges of, of the, the pandemic. So Barts, uh, since 2012, has been part of uh, an NHS trust called Barts Health NHS Trust. Uh, it's grouped with four other hospitals, including the Royal London and Whitechapel, which meant that during COVID, the, the hospitals were able to kind of work together to reorganise their services so a couple of the other trust hospitals were, were the the centers for for covid care and covid icu and but was, was able to for example at the start of the pandemic take on a role as the the emergency electives center for the london region while other hospitals did, did more kind of focused covid care and that means that um across the the pandemic we, the the trust hospitals managed to treat over 15,000 covid patients successfully so I think it really shows the kind of the strength of, of those those groupings within the NHS and kind of hospitals working together to reorganise services. I mean, I, I think Barts is, is kind of integral to London's history. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's been here such a long time that, that its history kind of links with the history of lots of other London institutions and people. So, that, you know, organisations that have donated to the hospital and supported the hospital over the years. But, but also, you know, so many, well, millions of, of people over the years have been treated here that it's within so many family stories. I think the kind of, we talked about the the, the threats to the hospital, I think the kind of response to those threats from the 16th to the 20th century shows the the kind of the standing of the hospital within, you know, Londoners' lives and and the value that they place on it. And being able to celebrate 900 years of uninterrupted care, you know, it's it's just been part of London and and the stories of Londoners for, for all that time. can
1: find out more about 900 years of St Bartholomew's Hospital on their website barts900.org and that's it from the leader this podcast is back on Monday at 4 p.m